Welcome to the All About Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Nina Doron and I'm your host. If you're a real estate professional or investor, this is the podcast for you. I think you'll agree with me that a house is likely the largest financial asset for the majority of the population. And like any other product, it needs to be marketed in order to attract the right buyers so that it can sell faster and sell for more. So the objective of this podcast is really simple. It's to share with you the greatest marketing strategies and tactics in order to help you set your property apart from its competitors. And of course, ultimately to help you grow your real estate business. Hello, everyone. Welcome back and happy new year. As with the new year, we want to do things and set things in place so that the rest of the year is going to be awesome, right? So this is why I've invited Neil Moore to join me on this episode today. So Neil is a corporate communication specialist with over 20 years of experience in community media. During his career, Neil, Neil has been an editor, journalist, copywriter, and advertising manager. He is currently uh, a brand manager for Vince's Market, uh, a small independent grocery chain. Uh, if you're in the York Region area, you would know. And looks after other clients like Sports Aurora and more. So I met Neil about three years ago through networking and have since used his services several times. In this episode, Neil will tell us why content is still king and will offer you some great advice on how to differentiate yourself in this crowded real estate market through content. Let's have a listen now. Hey, Neil, how are you doing? Happy New I'm, Year. I'm doing well, Nina. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, I'm really excited to have you as our first guest for 2020. And so uh, it's good to have you here. Well, I guess also first guest of the decade. Yes, that's right. That's right. It is a new decade, isn't it? Well, here's the new to the new decade. I can't believe it already. Time, time does fly. Yeah, it's funny how uh, Y2K doesn't seem that long ago. <laughs> yeah, okay, now we're dating ourselves. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. That is true. <laughs> so, Neil, it's, you know, the, the reason why I uh, wanted to have you as um, a guest on the All About Real Estate Marketing podcast um, today is because, you know, you uh, your background fits really well into what I want to be able to share with our audience today. So. Just, you know, back in my corporate days, which does seem like forever ago, I too was a professional marketer. And uh, back then I recall, you know, I attended many different marketing conferences. And of course the objective is to learn and to develop, further develop my craft, right? And I remember then that um, the big buzz was content. And everywhere I looked, I read, um, you know, I listen, learn. Everybody was telling me that content is king. You know, so what's your opinion? Is content still king? Well, I would have to say that has not changed. Um, as long as people are still looking for information online and shopping online, content will still be king. I'm really not too sure what the replacement is. Uh, <laughs> and. I would say if it's done correctly, and not everybody does, but if it's done correctly, it's critical in generating traffic to your website and improving your search rankings. 
Yeah, so I, you know, I couldn't agree more and I'm so glad that we're uh, in agreement and still on the same page. In fact, I think that in today, content is, a, is even so much more important than it was then with the way that uh, digitally, how fast we're moving, how many different communication platforms that are being introduced on a daily basis, having relevant uh, content is what's going to capture your intended audience. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I think people are just overwhelmed today. And um, yeah. it's, it's kind of the difference between pull marketing and push marketing. Push marketing is typically like your, you know, your ads and things that are interruption based and they're constantly coming at you. And oftentimes when you're busy trying to look for something that you really want and, um, Whereas uh, things like, you know, blogs and content and all that, that's pull marketing. It's the sort of stuff that, you know, you're creating great content and, and it's there for the search engines to find because people are looking for solutions to their problems and you're right. the one providing those solutions. Right, right. And you know what, what you just said is a great segue into um, what we're, we want this this uh, specific uh, episode to be about. So just to make sure that we stay relevant for um, our audience, I just want to make sure that you know that the primary audience of this podcast are real estate professionals. And, yes. <laughs> and I find that real estate is a really tough business to be in, especially one to stand out. Wouldn't you say, like the, the, in, in the GTA, I think we're up to about, I think more than 60,000 real estate agents now, that's a lot of noise, that's a lot of traffic, right? So how does a real estate professional really stand out when it comes to content? See, that that's a challenge, you're right. I didn't realize the number was quite that high. But oh yeah, big. Yeah, I was told there's a, there's a thousand in new market alone. So, you know, when, I don't, you've heard the 80-20 rule, of course. I think in, in real estate, it's probably a much smaller percentage of realtors that are doing the lion's share of the business. So Yes, absolutely. Exactly. How do you distinguish yourself and uh, you know be part of that small percentage? Well, I think we've all heard the big radio campaigns for some realtors on uh, you know some of the big morning stations, and, and you go, well, you know, I don't have six or seven figures to for that kind of uh, a campaign or, you know, mm -hmm. in print, which could be very expensive if you're trying to reach such right. a large audience as a GTA. But, um, you know, by leveraging social media to drive, you know, prospective customers to your website, you know, here's where they're going to find your content. And in finding your content, it's providing value to these people and it's positioning you as an authority on the subject. And it establishes trust. So it's a, it really accomplishes a lot on a relatively small dollar. And if you're good at leveraging social media, you can really get a lot of eyeballs on your content. Yeah, no, and, and I couldn't agree more, you know, with. With social media, that's that's where it's free, right? If it's done well, like you know, we we've seen how Facebook continues to change its algorithm. Uh, my understanding now is that if you uh, your organic reach, I believe, on Facebook now is less than two percent 
right? So every time you put out a post, you'll only reach less than 2% of your audience. So it's a very low reach. So obviously they do that because they want to sell more advertising dollars. Exactly. But, yeah, but you know, to that, which is why having really great content is, is really, really important for us to um, reach more people without spending a lot of dollar because Facebook will promote good content, right? And any other social media platform will promote good content. Exactly. And that, that's kind of the, the cool thing now is that, uh, well, I mean, go, going back to Facebook, yeah, I mean, at, at one time, if you had a business page, almost everybody who liked your page would see it. And you're right, it's now down around 2%. So, you know, leveraging Facebook ads, and they're not super expensive, it's a good way to go to get your content to a more targeted demographic as well and, and cast the net a little wider than if you're just sending it to, you know, the people who know you. Well, it's a, it's a very good way to go. And I think one of the best reasons to be using social media is to drive people back to your website where they're going to see, you know, everything that you have to offer. And that is your, you know, that's your first impression. That's your storefront. And mm -hmm. which is why having good content is so critical because you can lose, you know, you can win or lose that first impression so quickly. I, I mean, we've mm -hmm. all heard in a job interview that, you know, within about three seconds, people already have their mind made up and, and the same holds true for content. Some people don't get any further than the headline. So, you know, you really have to pay close attention to, yeah. you know, to what you're putting out there. For sure. Like I find that, you know, the audience, um, attention span is so short now when I look at my own daughter and that's why you know she and her friends they they don't make phone calls they don't write emails they you know they do quick little snapchats with one words and a picture kind of thing it kind of commutes, so, uh, communicates exactly what they want to communicate because their attention span is so so short so having you know um, good content a great title to capture somebody's intention is very, very important. So we, I think that we both agree that uh, content is important uh, to everybody in business, to every business, and of course, to, for realtors. And what I see uh, mostly, because I work with a lot of realtors and I follow them, when I see their content, a lot of it is about listing, right? Oh, I've listed, I've listed this, this is now listed, here, come here to this open house, et cetera, et cetera. Does that really work? And, you know, and obviously the objective of this podcast is to help educate uh, our audience and listeners. So I'm really hoping that maybe you can shed some lights into what type of contents would work better for realtors than what they're doing now. Well, you are right when you said the word educate. Um, I think the big mistake some people make, and it's it's not just in real estate, it's everywhere, car sales, you name it. It's, you know, look at me, look at me, when really the only, only thing the customer cares about is what's in it for me, for them. That's right, that's right. Um, as an advertiser, you need to really put your focus on the needs of the prospective client. So <clears throat> your content needs to, you know, really be there to educate people when they come to your website and research has to be done. So 
this is the this is the content they'll be referring to when they're looking for things like you know some great topics or things like say common buyer mistakes or seller mistakes um you know what are the things that people are doing wrong everybody loves those kinds of checklists and stories because it's oh boy you know it's uh, it's it for some reason people enjoy reading about the negative i don't know why but that's that's the <laughs> way. Um, it's it's what people remember most Exactly the screw ups, right? So people want to hear about them. So you know those are those are good uh, you know pieces of content to put out there. Um, you know what to look for in a mortgage. I mean rates are going up and down. People don't know whether they want fixed or floating or whatever. I mean you got to you know discuss uh, the the whole financing aspect. People mm. in some cases are buying a home for their very first time. It's a complex transaction. And they have no idea where to start and what they need to do. And once again, those are good things to handle. The frequently asked questions, the things that may be obvious to you as a professional, but to a first-time home buyer or even somebody who's doing it for the second time round, maybe the last time they bought a home was 10 years ago or 15 years mm -hmm. ago. So they'll need to go through all those same obvious questions again. Um, yes. There's, there's other topics, you know, advantages and pitfalls of buying an investment property, for example. Some people have a little extra money and they think, oh, real estate's a great investment. Well, they want to know more. So you need to be, you'd be able to inform them. Um, how do you price your home? And for, say, somebody like you, what are the advantages of home staging? Um, you know, this is a, I think this is an important uh, piece of information and people don't necessarily consider that because uh, you know maybe 20 or 30 years ago people basically just kind of opened their door and whoever wanted <laughs> an offer you know that's that's it they didn't really optimize their home to get the most possible value out of what right. they currently have and maybe it does just take a few new sticks of furniture and a fresh coat of paint and, and a number of other things but people want to read about that and know the options that are out there that's right. You know, I, I remember way back when, okay, I'm not that old, but way back when marketing was about, you know, when there was print uh, advertising or a poster, it was always about the features and benefits of a product, right? Just yeah. like a house, you know, it has three bedrooms, nine foot ceiling, three bathrooms, and features and benefits. People don't want to know that, right? Anymore. People want to know what is, like you said, what it's going to do for them. How is it going to help them and their family? So yeah, focusing on those type of contents is going to be much more valuable. Yeah, and, and for something like, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking more about um, words, but uh, mm -hmm. for something that's very visual, like home staging, you know, before and afters, mm -hmm. photo galleries and videos are a great way to provide that kind of content. For sure. Thank you for sticking to with staging, by the way. <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, I better throw a plug in for the real <laughs> An article that always has to, to be on every, I think, realtor's website is, you know, why do you need to use a realtor? So Right, right. You know, and you know what, though? I am finding more and more um, real estate agents starting to promote staging as a marketing marketing tactic on their website which is I, I i think that that's a great thing to do um but again i think that they need to focus away from the features and benefits uh but 
the value, what the value of that marketing tactic can do for the client. Oh, for sure. And a lot of people don't realize that the value that a realtor brings to the transaction. Oh, huge, huge. Plus. Like I, you know, I, I thought buying a car was uh, complicated, but uh, <laughs> you know, going through the uh, home buying and selling process a few times is like, geez, I'm not sure I'd want to navigate this on my own. So it's, um, you know, th there's a lot of, you know, education I think involved in, uh, you know, the <laughs> home buying and selling process and people, I think expect uh, to see that on a good realtor's website. Um, mm -hmm. I, I going back to the the format of the content. I, we've we've mentioned uh, you know articles and blogs and videos. I mean podcasting. What we're doing right now is a good thing. Um, it, it's funny that uh, I remember you know years ago when the podcast was actually done on an iPod, which I guess is why they've named <laughs> it podcast. Um, oh really? I didn't know that was the background. Does anybody even have an iPod anymore? But um, <laughs> I, I listen to podcasts all day. You know, I, one time, you know, I might flip on some talk radio or whatever, but I, I'm actually getting such good information. I'm learning so much by listening to various different podcasts. I find that I almost have one on if I'm just, uh, if I'm in the car, driving place to place, doing chores around the house. So it, mm -hmm. it's not a bad way to get the information out as well. So to have that same information both in print mm -hmm. and in a podcast is not a bad thing. Well, the thing is today too, right? A lot of people are commuting, commuting and realtors drive a lot. Like they're yeah. always in the car driving. And rather than listening to radio and some music that are being played over and over again, it's a great time to to educate yourself and to further develop yourself. I too, like you, listen to a lot of podcasts and I get a lot of great information. And, you know, not, I might not get uh, great information with every episode, but if I can get a nugget or two out of an episode, I think that's a real, real, real winner. Oh, for sure. I mean, people don't realize the educational value in, in having this, say, playing in the background. Um, I think about the amount of time I've spent listening to, you know, music and talk radio or whatever over the years. I might have earned a PhD. <laughs> during that. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it's time to uh, try something a little bit different and, uh, you know, learn a, th a few things that I otherwise wouldn't have learned because I maybe I don't have the time to learn while I'm doing dishes or uh, driving in my car, but I can certainly you know, I can certainly do that, uh, you know, while I'm engaged in something else. So podcasting is definitely, I think, an opportunity for realtors and uh, mm -hmm. probably a lot less cost than shooting video, for example, which, you know, when shooting right. is one thing, the editing is quite another. And that's that's where a lot of the cost lies. So I'll tell you why I enjoy podcasts myself. So I'm, I'm a relatively private person. And so doing videos, even though I put myself up there and I've done quite a few videos, I still find it awkward. I still find it, um, you know, difficult to do. However, I find podcasts is quite easy. You know, I'm behind a mic. Nobody sees me. I can be in my pajamas. And I'm much more comfortable with doing the podcast and having these, you know, very casual conversations is very easy to do. So I, I recommend it to anybody, really. Oh, absolutely. I, I you know, I'm a big fan as well. Um, I guess getting back to the, uh, you know, question about um, 
you know, the types of content for realtors, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, the most cost effective, I would probably go back to would be blogging, for example. And, uh, you know, they're, they're less expensive to produce than a mm -hmm. video, probably less as well than, than a podcast. And you could do them more often. And, um, you know, that's, I think, the key point here is, you, is having fresh content mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. website on a regular basis always improves search ranking. So if you can blog once a week, that's uh, going to go a long way in your favor as opposed to maybe doing a video a couple of times a year. So I would recommend as a good first step for a lot of people just starting a blog and not necessarily you know, saying, oh, you know, getting overwhelmed with the project yeah. but in their spare time, maybe put together five or six blogs so that you post them all at once. You have this critical mass of content on your website. So when somebody lands there, they don't just see one lonely little blog. They'll see a number of different topics. And then you start pushing them out regularly on social media. And you, you'd be surprised how quickly, uh, you know, you can get uh, you can get people interested in what you're doing. For sure, for sure. So I, um, I have a story to share. So I recently had coffee with um, uh, an agent that I haven't worked with before, but we connected and so we met up for coffee. And apparently he does very well with his business. He's quite happy and content with it, uh, but he doesn't do any newsletters. He's not on any social media platform and he does not do any blogging. So he doesn't actually do any digital uh, marketing at all. And so I asked him, like, what, where does he get his business? He said, mainly word of mouth. And he does very well with it. But now he's kind of thinking maybe he should consider. In fact, he, he did try social media for a little while. He, I think he said he gave it like nine months or something like that. And it didn't do anywhere. It didn't do anything for him. It didn't help him grow his list. It didn't help him. Uh, gain any new clients because um, you know what he was posting was his new listings here I listed this and I sold that but what he was I guess struggling with is is content he didn't know what to um, to share beyond his listings and his uh, sales um, and things like that and so you know when when you talk about blogging blogging you know, for a writer like yourself, it can come fairly easy. But for somebody who is not good at, you know, creative writing, let's just say, um, it's difficult for them. So how else could they get a blog without being a blogger? Well, the probably the best solution for anybody is to hire a professional. Um, and the reason I, I say this is because we are all taught to write in school and we've all, you know, written the odd essay here or there. And for some people, that's the last time they wrote anything of substance was their high school essay or something they've done in university. <laughs> but outside of that, we're composing emails, which tend to, you know, be a little less formal and less informative than something like a blog, or we might put together the odd business memo, but difference between a professional writer or a journalist and somebody who just, you know, casually writes as a result of whatever business needs they have, it, it's night and day. It's, um, it's like comparing, I mean, we all know how to drive. Um, mm -hmm. 
and I've had the opportunity to get on uh, get out in the racetrack and getting in with a professional race car driver. So it's you're not doing the same things you do on the road, but faster. It's a whole new skill set and at a much much higher level and requires many many hours of training to do it well. And writing is the same. Writing requires a separate education. It requires loads of experience. And I would suggest that that 10,000 hour rule really applies to, to good writing. You don't become a good plumber or electrician overnight. You don't become a good writer just by sitting down and uh, in front of a keyboard and spilling out your thoughts. <laughs> There's a lot more to the process. And when you hire a professional, yes, you do spend a little bit of money, but you are presenting your business in its best possible light. And the reason I, I'd say this is important it's because a lot of that content is going to live there for a long time. I call it evergreen content. And a lot of the topics I mentioned earlier are topics that can live on your site for months or years. So you want it to be good. You're going to get a lot of use out of it. So it, it is a good idea to hire somebody professional to write it. Now, uh, a simple, like a weekly blog can be less formal and more conversational. So, you know, with a little bit of uh, training and there's lots of advice on Google, you could get out there and do that yourself. Um, but if you want content that is going to be referred to time and time again, it's probably a good idea to hire somebody to do it for you. Right, right. So um, just for our listener, um, so, you know, I did um, ask Neil to come on to this um, podcast because I heard of him somewhere. Actually, I worked with Neil um, previously and still do. Um, Neil has helped me out with um, a number of my content pieces. So while I have lots of ideas um, and I could put them down on paper, but I have used Neil's services to help me uh, formalize and finalize and uh, add um, sort of the, the, the creativity and the necessary keywords to some of my content pieces. Um, because, you know, English is a second language for me. And so I still suffer from some grammatical uh, errors and issues. And so that's when Neil's services really comes in handy for me. Um, so that's how other people can use professional services too, right, Neil? Like they... They can come up with some of their ideas and hire a professional to help them finish up the piece. Sometimes that's the best way to go too, because you know your subject area better than anybody else. And, uh, you know, I call it a brain dump, just sort of putting down a bunch of bullet points on a piece of paper and then giving that to the writer and let the writer polish it up and make it shine. Because you know, for me, for example, if I'm not an expert in home staging or home organizing or any of those areas, I'm not sure where to start and I'm not sure I'm getting all the key points into my piece. But if somebody provides them to me, not agonizing over it, but just generally providing a bunch of bullets, these are the things I want to include in my story. It makes it so much easier to put together a really great piece that's compelling, it's interesting, it informs the reader and it gets them to want to know more and hopefully pick up the phone and call you. For sure, for sure. And then there's also, you know, guest blogging too, right? So you can get other experts in different areas that would add value to your business, like let's say a mortgage agent or a home stager like myself to help 
you blog with content that would be of value to your clients. So uh, to come on as a guest blogger as well. So that's how you can get some free content as well, right? Absolutely. And, and also don't uh, discount the news. Like um, there's all sorts of trending topics and um, newsworthy items that uh, crop up on the industry, especially real estate. I mean, there's no shortage of um, you know, issues <laughs> in, in real estate. So, you know, bring that to the forefront, post those kinds of stories on, on your uh, website, comment on them. Uh, you'll, you'll find a lot of ideas too that are trending on social media in terms of real estate, even local issues in terms of real estate. So I would suggest that um, you don't have to write everything. You can share a lot as well. And mm -hmm. um, for those things that you, you spot in the news that you think are of interest to your mm -hmm. clients and they're time sensitive, um, yeah, push them out on social media, but also consider putting them out in your newsletter. And that's a topic we probably didn't address, but um, by establishing that trust with your, uh, with your audience, so they're coming back to your site time and time again for information, they're finding what they're looking for, their questions are being answered, now's the time to say, hey, well, what about signing up for my monthly newsletter? Right, yeah, and everybody wants to grow their list. Yeah, and, and it grows the list for the realtor, but at the same time on your newsletter, you're putting out information that's maybe a little more time sensitive, and it's stuff, hopefully, that isn't already on your website. So there's value in, in signing up for that newsletter. So that's, that's another opportunity, and that keeps you top of mind every month. Right, right. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. So Neil, tell me, so what are some of your tips when developing content? Like if you could give us, you know, a highlight, like top three tips for our listeners today, what would that be? Well, I'm going to combine three in one, so I don't want to use up all my tips, but <laughs> well, in terms of the customer, always keep this in mind. What's in it for me? Is it relevant? Is it useful? If you can answer yes to all those questions, then you know you're on your way towards a good piece of content so that those are important things to always keep in mind but that being said stick to your core area of expertise like you mm -hmm. want to be all things try to be all things to all people right. as a as a realtor um you know doing a blog on your recent mediterranean cruise might be interesting to you and your friends but it's not really relevant right so yes. I might skip that and put that on my, on my own personal Facebook page, mm -hmm. but on my business page, I wouldn't really put that out there. But there's no shortage of topics for a realtor to address. Like it's one of those, it's one of those industries that just has so many things. I mean, the home, uh, you, you could put in the home maintenance stories and all sorts of other interesting pieces on there. Like there's just no shortage of topics that you can already deal with, but stick to what you what you know and what's relevant and that way you'll, you'll keep your audience. Um, I already mentioned evergreen content and you know, the advantage to having uh, pieces that live on your website, you know, I don't want to say in perpetuity, but uh, mm -hmm. certainly for, for months, maybe years <clears throat> is that you can reshare these things every month or two. So you don't mm -hmm. just, post them once. If you've got a good story that you feel is, uh, is educating your audience, put it out this month. You might not 
get more than a, a few percent, even at best of times, put it out again a month or two later. And that way you're constantly recycling that evergreen content and it continues to generate traffic to your website. So there's definitely value in having that. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I suffer from that myself because I always feel the pressure to come up with fresh content instead of reusing and repurposing what I already have. Yeah, and I've seen some of your content. It's very good. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> get it out there, you know, as often as you can. Not not daily, but <laughs> right. You know, right, right, right. Yes, like every few months. Yeah, no, I I need to do that more for sure. So, what what would you say that? Uh, what are some of the pitfalls that uh, our audience should should avoid? Oh, this is this is a big one, <laughs> and um, it's some people feel the need to write for search engines rather than their audience. And that's, that's a mistake. Um, at one time, what, what's an example of that? Well, at one time the Google algorithm wasn't so sophisticated. I think it's got about 200 parameters right now. It's really, really complex. I have no idea what's in it, but at one time you could, you could game it. You could kind of fool it by stuffing your piece full of keywords. Oh yeah. No, that's a no, no, no. Yeah. You could appear, you know, at the top of the rankings, but, you know, people would land on your website, they'd see the content, they go, what an idiot, I can't believe they posted this. And it's just going to turn people off your, your service by putting that kind of content out in the first place. But people still have this impression that you can game the system and you just can't. Uh, the only thing Google really wants to see is useful, relevant and accurate content. So if you create good content, Google will reward you. And um, if you use a skilled or professional writer to do it, what they can do is take your, you know, your long tail keyword phrases and seamlessly incorporate them into your writing. So it doesn't sort of jump out at you and go, Ooh, where did that come from? Because <laughs> I've seen it done the other way where people are just sort of dropping in keywords and phrases and it's, it just makes the writing a, a mishmash and it's, it tends to lose its flow. Whereas a good writer will take what the, the your SEO specialist gives them and they'll weave it into the story. And my other piece of advice is don't let your SEO specialist write your blogs and articles. <laughs> They're two very different skill sets. One of them is a master at, at optimizing your website. The other one is a master at creating good, compelling content that will hopefully get your phones ringing. So, you know, treat the two separately. Right, um, right. Maybe, maybe another thing to uh, avoid as well is, um, and, and this is obvious advice though, and it, 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 it relates back to hiring a professional. Don't be boring or confusing or disorganized and don't write when you're tired and just trying to get it out. Put a lot of thought into everything that goes on to your website. People's attention spans, as, we, as we've both said, are very short. And if you don't hook them with a good headline and you don't grab them with a good lead and if every paragraph doesn't keep drawing them forward towards the end of the story, you will lose your reader. And when you lose your reader over something like boredom or disorganization, or you just, you put something in there, it was kind of confusing. They're not coming back. So always do a good job and always uh, either hire a professional or if you feel competent enough to do it yourself, do it when you're in the mood to do it. And yep. here's the thing I always like to do too. Before I post anything, I kind of let it incubate overnight and I read it again the next morning because sometimes what I think is clever or interesting 
at uh, you know 10 p.m. I look at it in the morning and I shake my head and I go, oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe I was going to post that. So, you know, give it a give it a second look before you put it up. Great advice. Great advice. Well, that is pretty much the end of our um, episode today. I want to uh, thank you so much for joining me here and um, sharing uh, some great information with our audience. So, Neil, if anyone wanted to reach you, how would they do that, Neil? The best way to reach me is by email, and it's nmoore, N-M-O-O-R-E, dot communications at gmail.com. Okay. All right. I'll put that into the, um, the body of the episode description as well for anyone else who is interested. Um, so that, that is it. So thank you so much and have an amazing 2020 meal. Same to you, Nina. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of the All About Real Estate Marketing Podcast. If you like this episode and the All About Real Estate Marketing podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and of course, share. If you have a tactic that works well and would like to be a guest on our show, reach out to me via email. My email is in the description. If you would like to learn more about real estate marketing and staging, visit my website, also in the description, to find out when the next staging to sell, what every agent should know class is scheduled for. Marketing doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, it's quite simple, so long as you make it all about the buyers. So until next time, take care.